to really not be swept away by the world's tide. That's why it includes the word defiance, because that's what it takes. Defiant means to resist. God of the resurrection. There's nothing that he can't overcome and bring victory and triumph in and through. And that's the thing. He doesn't he doesn't promise a way around things, you know, over it, under it. He promises to go through it with us. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesslyn, and today I am here with my new best friend, Stacy Eldridge. We've had quite the time pre-recording. Say hello, Stacy. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jesslyn. Thanks for having me today. We are so excited you're here. Um, I think that you might be one of the most popular authors among Christian women through your book, Captivating. But today we're here to talk about your new book, Defiant Joy. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Absolutely. Defiant joy is really, it it is a clarion call to people to invite them to press into the heart of God in in strong and in life-giving ways, because we need more of Him, and we need more of His joy in the midst of a world that is excruciating. It's just what is swirling around us on any given day, what's appearing on the news feed, and what's going on in our backyard or in our own hearts is enough to sink a ship. And it's in the midst of that that Jesus calls us to know him and to possess joy. And so since he calls us to it, it's not impossible. It, it is possible. And so this book is, is a call to let's find out how to do that together so that we can know Him, we can have the strength of heart we need, and that we can be alluring to those around us. Ooh, that is a good word. I love the word alluring. I know Christians especially, it seems like in social media, we get so caught up in the day-to-day things, whether it's politics or seeing prophecies come true in headlines. What is the challenge to us to really press into this joy and share it with others? Well, the the challenge is to really not be swept away by the world's tide. Mm. That's why the, it includes the word defiance, because that's what it takes. To it means to resist, to rebel, to dissent, or to disobey. And generally, you know, as Christians, we don't use those words to talk about our faith or the living God, but when it comes to the things that would steal our joy that would come between us and God and knowing His love, then that's the exact right response we need to have, to stand against the tide of the world and say, oh no, you got that wrong. Sorrow and suffering do not win. Mm -hmm. They do not have the final say. Because of Jesus, because of all He's done, because of all He's won, life has the final say. And to take that stand of truth, that takes a strength of spirit that has to be nurtured. Mm Mm-hmm. That is so true. I know I'm in a stage in my life, which is very exciting. I'm getting married in, at this point in time, 23 days, not that I'm counting. Hooray! Yay! I'm very excited, and this is supposed to be a time of joy in my life. Like, I have found the man that God has called me to be. He is a wonderful Christ-like man. We are working together. We are honoring the Lord. And yet I'm also in this situation where this is the most stressed out I've ever been ever. And this should be a time of joy. What can I do to access this joy just in my day-to-day routine? I think the first thing is redefine what joy means. 
as a as a bride coming into this final band, I think that you know, as every one that's gone before you, I'm guessing it's a fairly large body. And there's, there's a little lot bit, of yep. Details. Yes. Yeah, it's a little big. And there's a lot of details that come into play. And so the temptation or the pull to get sucked down into those or into relational tensions that rise in, in stressful situations is it's really required of you in the season and basically everyone else in whatever season they're living in is to plumb the depths of where their hope is tethered, where their joy is tethered, and it needs to be in Jesus and the hope that we have in Him. And I'm sure you do this every day. I have to do this every day. Um, I'm driving to work, and I check in with, how am I feeling? Mm, and mm-hmm. and how am I feeling? And, and um, there's a tough meeting I have this afternoon. I'm a little apprehensive about that. So then to go, well, what am I believing then? And who is in control? And what promises does God have for me? And where does my hope lie? And to shift my gaze from my circumstances or even from recognizing the fear that I might be possessing to to Jesus and to his word and to what he says is true. Mm. And we have to be grounded in that. Absolutely. So, I'm, I just keep talking, but it's really important that... Oh, keep talking. Have, We're listening. We'll take it all in. <laughs> to have the joy that God talks about, it requires us not to live in denial. And, and I think that's really important because we get we think that, oh, I'm just supposed to be happy about all this stuff that's going on. I'm supposed to be happy in this. And happiness is very different than godly joy. Mm. And God calls us to be true and authentic with Him about what's going on. He wants us to have a relationship with Him in the midst of our reality. Not to deny reality, but to invite Him into it. So that's part of it, is like to admit to him, this is stressful, God. This is hard. Would you meet me in this? And also, what is my hope? Where is my joy from? And ultimately, it's from the hope that's going to be revealed when Jesus returns in glory. That is our ultimate, immovable, forever sure hope. Absolutely. Even as you're talking, I'm like... Maybe Jesus doesn't find joy in fluffy yellow wedding bows like my mom does, but maybe we can find a way to make it work. Yeah, I'm sure he likes them, and we know he loves your mom. This is true. He wants a great relationship with her, so Amen. all the compromises you have to make, right? Absolutely. So you were saying that, you know, this is something that you do every morning. You check in on the way to work. This is, you know, how I'm feeling, why am I apprehensive, and then you tap deeper into it. Can you tell me a little bit about the process you went through to realize that you needed to do this, not only for yourself, but then share it with us through a book. I wrote Defiant Joy, actually, in a uh, crazy hard season of my life. And so to write a book on joy in the midst of that is uh, really counterintuitive. And I, in fact, I didn't set out to write a book on joy. I was just journaling with God. That's how the book came to be. And then he strongly urged me to turn it into a book. And like he does, to, yes. Yeah. So it was a series of really tragic events and uh, were going on in my family and my extended family. And within seven months, we, we lost a brother. Mm. We lost our first grandson to an excruciating miscarriage. Oh, I'm so sorry. We lost a best friend in his fight with leukemia. We um, suffered a betrayal with a trusted 
in a trusted relationship, and that was really painful. And I think most people know what that's like, and that's awful. And then in the midst of it, I was in the worst physical pain I've ever been in my life. I I didn't know that I needed a total hip replacement, that it was beyond repair. All I knew was that I, I was in pain every moment and couldn't walk and with my leg giving out. And I was doing physical therapy. I was doing the chiropractor, and I was just misdiagnosed for five months. You were doing everything you were supposed to, and yet you're like, why is this still hurting and I feel like I'm going to die? Right. It was, it was just getting worse. And so in the midst of that, I feel like I'm blowing it and I'm a failure. And, and I'm also just grieving loss upon loss. And sometimes, honestly, just when the pain was so bad that I would hide, I'd be on the floor in our living room, I mean, my bedroom and just crying mm. and crying out to God to help me through the pain, but also crying because I felt like I was blowing it in the midst of it, that it shouldn't be this hard, and that somehow I should be um, what I thought joyful meant in the midst of it. And, and it was there. It was in the crucible and the pressing that I felt Jesus' invitation to mm. know him in a way I hadn't before. Wow. You know, even as you're talking, I'm reminded of the scripture where Jesus tells us, you know, in this world, you will have tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. How have you really learned how that scripture applies in your life? That is so good. And that scripture, right, where it says you will have tribulation, you will have trouble, and mm-hmm. go, oh my goodness, that was an understatement. <laughs> yep, I've had days like that, weeks like that, right? months like that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then to take heart, I've overcome the world. We have to know what, what he means. And it really has to do with what he knows. Our Jesus sees the end from the beginning. And he knows that the sorrow and suffering win, they do not have the final say. Mm-hmm. He has the final say. Mm-hmm. He has the victory. He's triumphant. He's the God of the resurrection. There's nothing that he can't overcome and bring victory and triumph in and through. And that's the thing. He doesn't he doesn't promise a way around things, you know, over it, under it. He promises to go through it with us. And so we're we're in the difficult times and they happen to everybody. Maybe you're not in one right now. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Um, but everybody yay, but everybody knows seasons where you're pressed to the mat and it's in those that we really have a choice to make. Um, and it's to hope or to despair. And it is, it's either to blame God for it or invite him into it that we might bear it together. Mm-hmm. And he comes. He comes in an instant. And you learn that uh, you know, the pain and suffering don't win. In fact, I, I like to call those seasons and those pain sacred pain. Mm-hmm. Because of what is forged in our hearts, what we do come to know of God when we pass through them, or even in the midst of the crucible, we get to know that we're not alone, and and our faith becomes unshakable, becomes unshakable only when it's been shaken. Mm. It's that. It's that Jesus wins. And even in the midst of travail and wailing and sorrow that's real, and then I can walk with God in the midst of, I know that that is real and true and will craft me, change me, transform me to His image. But that isn't the end of the story. Man, that is so good. Even as you're talking, I'm reminded of 
in my personal life. And I don't know if I've shared this on a podcast before, so it feels a little weird. I've shared it in interviews uh, that are just like my personal cell phone recorded things. But I think it's important for audience members who may feel the same way is I've been raised in the charismatic church. I've been raised to believe that God communicates with us on a regular basis, that we can hear his voice, that we can see him through his word and through prophecy and through books. And God still speaks and moves today. And I grew up kind of feeling like God didn't ever speak to me, that I was just one of those people. Like, I believe that it happened, but it wasn't for me. And I actually went through a crucible this summer, and it was very fascinating because it was the worst thing I've ever gone through in my life. And I suddenly, like, I remember the very night something went down, I was crying out to Jesus. And really, I wasn't saying anything. I was just saying, Jesus, 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 because sometimes you're in that much pain and you're like, I don't have words right now. Yes. And I immediately felt the presence of the Lord with me. And so I just, I really identify with what you're saying of in our weakness, in our pain, you know, these are opportunities where God comes in and forges that peace and forges that relationship with him. And I'm just, I'm like, wow, we're soul sisters, even though I haven't gone through half of what you've gone through. I think the pain and the understanding when you go through betrayal or you go through a loss, you go through grief, these are the things that God uses as comforter. He may not be healer in that moment, but he uses those times to really draw our hearts closer to him. That those are wise words. Yes. And and yeah, just to say like sometimes all we can pray is help mm-hmm. or to say his name and those when we fix we just live in the little flick of our gaze to him mm-hmm. in the midst of it. He loves that. And now what you know well, at the very place of question, which is just a, such a painful place when you, and everybody can relate to this, when we uh, we feel like he's throwing a party for everyone else, mm-hmm. or it's true for them, but it isn't true for me. And when there is a moment where you go, oh, he loves me, he came mm-hmm. for me, you have that forever. You have that forever as a mantle in your heart. Amen. I love it. So I'm a how-to person because I'm like, all this sounds really great on paper, but in the midst of that pain, like while you were laying on your bedroom floor and you were crying out because you hurt that much, how did you connect to God? What were some of the words you said? What were some of the prayers that were going through your heart? Help. Come into this, Jesus. I need you. Invite you into this, Jesus. Help. You know, those are when you're really present, that's about all that you can pray. Um, I love, love anointed worship music. Mm-hmm. So, so my, you know, go-to songs, and there'll be songs for the, the season that I'm in, and they can just go on repeat to get quiet and have them wash over me, minister to me, and connect with God in them is really important. Um, and to know that, I'm I'm old enough to know that sometimes, maybe too often, the relief doesn't come in the moment, just mm-hmm. when I want it to come. But it comes at the realization later, looking back, that, oh, you, you did come. You did carry me through that. And to begin to see, like, oh, like, for, for instance, when uh, my son and his wife lost their first baby, um... That was ruthless. Mm-hmm. We 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 felt like we knew that baby from the moment of conception, and she was far enough along that we knew it was a boy, and um, it was named after his father. And 
and there's pain that you have at your own loss, but when someone you love mm-hmm. is in agony, it's something else altogether. And and you all you can do is is be with them, offer them your tears, your presence. Um, and and in this place is coming home. I would I would be on the floor again, just weeping before God, weeping with God, and not understanding how, why, and not that there are even qu- answers to those questions. But now looking back, and and you know, and now it's been a while. Now they actually have two children with them along with their son in heaven, is I see what was forged in their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, what, again, what they came to know of God, the, the, the anchoring of their souls, that what you believe becomes not just doctrine or what you profess. It really gets solidified in your heart. And, and that, the worth of that, is, is really immeasurable because now your your anchor is even more secure mm-hmm. for when things come. The whole thing about standing on a rock, not on shifting sand, because our circumstances go crazy. We have no idea on any given day what is going to happen. We just don't. And so where the Word of God says be grounded in Him and set your gaze firmly on, on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, all, all the things that it says, it actually means. And so to make the choice to, to do it, mm-hmm. to kind of lasso your own thoughts and mind and oh, help me do this, Jesus, but look at you, to, to be marinated in Scripture, to ask what do you have for me in this season and hold on to it, memorize it, write it on a card and put it on your bathroom mirror mm-hmm. and surround yourself with truth, all, all steps that we need to take. You use amazing verbs. I just got to say that. You said lasso. You said marinate. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've got this. But I think they really capture the heart of what we have to do. It's not It's not an easy process. And it's not something it's not. that's pain-free. And I think sometimes we as believers think if something is hard, then it can't be what God wants for us. Because if God wanted it, then he'd make it easy for us to do it. Right. Let's just say that right now. That's not true. Absolutely. That's, that is not true. And I know that those kinds of messages get spouted, and they're really nice. You know, they're very sweet. They go down easily. Um, but it doesn't match with reality. It doesn't match with our suffering, bleeding God, who asks us to drink the cup of suffering mm-hmm. with him, though it's quite different than his. And he uses that to, to forge our souls. And when we think it's only supposed to be skipping through fields of daisy and we want the job, we get the job, you know, all of that, we are faith. It sure gets shaken. And then we can go to the other side and we make a theology of our disappointment. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're not called to do either one. We have a God who is present. He wants to walk with us in it. And um, let, me, let me tell you one of the secrets. Tell me the secret. Part of joy. I'm ready. My heart is open. My ears are open. I want to know the secret. The key to unlocking joy is gratitude. Hmm. And I and I know that this could get confusing. A lot of people misinterpret the verse in everything. Give thanks. I think that they're supposed to be thankful for everything, and that's insane. That's not what it says. I'm not thankful for the mosquito bite I got last night. I can tell you that. You're not thankful? No, you're not thankful for that. You're not thankful 
for the sexual abuse that happened when you're young. There's too many people that are listening that that's their story. You're not thankful for the horrific, painful things that happen and or are happening now. But in it, here's the thing. There are things that we can be thankful for. I mean, Mm -hmm. that ultimately we're thankful that we have a Savior that suffers with us, Mm -hmm. that saw our state and came and rescued us so that it wouldn't be our future. He overcome death, and I have dogs totally wrestling. Stop being so noisy, dogs. Um, is is that there are things that you you can be thankful for. The way I like to do that is come into the back door and spend a little time just saying, what are the things I like? Mm. Because even, even in the worst of times, there are still things that you like, and it may be an hour to yourself mm-hmm. or coffee in the morning. Amen. Smell of bacon i know I keep know. going I, i'm all about this <laughs> or it may be um in the, in the summer seasons the smell of cut grass the sound of children laughing bed going into bed when you've had a full day mm-hmm. not getting out of bed when you don't have to just there are things that everybody loves. why are we the same person i love all these things <laughs> And then, well, if you like kale, we're not the same person anymore. No, I am not a kale person. That is disgusting. (laughs) It gets stuck in your throat, and it's bitter, and I'm over it. Like, why? Why are we doing this? (laughs) So so from this list of things that you like, and you can do an actual list, Mm -hmm. or you can just think of it, and then you can say, well, I can thank you, God, for those things. Thank you, God. And it's amazing the shift that immediately happens in your heart. It doesn't make you immediately go, I am a joyful person. Mm-hmm. But it does make you uh, have the, the ability, the capacity, the ground is tilled for you to become a joyful person. Absolutely. And, uh, can we just clarify that joy is not happiness on steroids? <laughs> there, is, there is the joy that you're going to have on your wedding day. That's, and it is, an, it is a magnified happiness. But the joy that the scripture is talking about is a whole other substance. It really is about being tethered to the truest reality that we have in Christ mm. that causes us to be in the middle of travail, that caused Paul in the middle of a prison awaiting execution to be able to write, Rejoice in the Lord always. Like, I know this is suffering, but compared to what's coming, it's nothing. And the goodness that is awaiting is, ah, it's making my heart sore. In the midst of, this is painful, not ignoring that this is painful, and I'm not skipping through the garden, but but it is, but a great good is coming. Amen. Amen. Now I just want to sit here and cry and let that wash over me. That was such a good word. You've actually answered all the questions I have for you. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, something to share with our readers, listeners? Sorry, we're online. Oh, oh let me think. Let me think. Um I guess, I guess you know, the part about the, the keys being don't deny your reality, mm-hmm. that this, that's not the way. And, of course, there's times you need to escape it, maybe through a book or a movie or whatever, but you come back to it and you invite God into it. Honor the story of your life. Don't pretend it isn't or wasn't what it was, but, again, invite Jesus into it. Ask him to tether your heart to eternity and to be able to tap into the substance, the very real substance that's emanating from his heart, his joyful heart, that you might know a groundedness and a rootedness in your life and the hope that he wants you to have. 
That is that is good. Now, one of the things we like to ask our guests to do before they sign off is to pray for our listeners. Would you be able to do that? Absolutely. And I will pray what I just wanted to know. Amen. We'll so, take it. Jesus, Jesus, God, right off the bat, we thank you for who you are. You are our pursuer. You are our rescuer. You are the lover of our souls. You are triumphant. You are the resurrected king. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the love of our life. You are the love that we were made to know and swim in. And I pray right now for every listener that you would reveal your love for them in a more intimate way. Holy Spirit, you love to do that. You love to reveal the Son. And I pray that you come for every person, just like you came for Jessalyn in a moment of sorrow and travail. I pray that you come up to them and reveal your love in a in a simple way or in a profound way that they know is just for them. Jesus, I pray for a deepening and a grounding in each person and the hope that they have that this life is beautiful, this life is hard, this life knows travail, this life knows soaring, but this life is one that we are passing through to a life of unending joy in your presence that can never be taken away because of all that you've won for us. So I pray for that rootedness and that groundedness and that revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Amen. That was so good. Though Billy Graham's no longer here, his message lives on. There's a new TV special that looks at his commitment to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people all around the world. The new Billy Graham TV special is called The Message Lives On. And you can watch it right now at BillyGram.tv. Again, that's BillyGram.tv. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.